Hope is mentioned so many times throughout the Bible, but what is hope? Well, the definition of hope is a feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen. Well, that's wonderful, but what does it really mean for somebody to have that hope? You know, it says in Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all the joy and peace and faith so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is something that God wants us to have. He has given us hope. He has a hope for a future. He has a hope for you. But more importantly, he has a hope for America. Tonight, we are going to talk to Susan Storm, who is also known as Mystic Mama Sue. She has written a blog that was so profound, that was so on point, that talked about the hope that God has for America, but yet people just keep walking by and they actually never see it. So I'm super excited to talk about this this blog post, Susan, that, that you, you shared, because I just think it is so revolutionary how God has spoken this hope message into you. Thank you so much for coming on Touch by Prayer. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here tonight. <laughs> well, we've been trying to kind of have you on for a while. And, and for those of you who don't know, um, Susan actually was the worship leader or worship person extraordinaire at the Daddy's Girl Conference. And it was... I, I, and I just have to share this because it's so fun how God does things and how he connects people. So I started to see that that Susan was writing this Mystic Mama blog and I loved it. I, I kept reading it. And so we kind of like Facebook message, messaged each other, you know, let's talk, let's talk. Okay, let's talk. So, um, so we were talking on the phone and we were just that I was telling you about the Daddy's Girl Conference and you said, what did you say to me, Susan? I was like, you need a worship leader? I'm one. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I didn't even know she was a worship leader. And she's like, do you need a worship leader? And I was like, well, I, um, and I started to cry. I literally started to cry. I felt the tears coming and I felt this rising up inside mm-hmm. of me. And I was like, I do need a worship person. And I, cause I tried, I tried to get a couple people that I knew who I knew brought the Holy Spirit, but I didn't even know that she sang. I didn't even know that she could worship and let alone, I didn't know that she was a prophetic <laughs> worshiper but because that was something that it was so important to have prophetic worship at this conference. And so you said, well, I, I let me show you what I can do. And so she sent me this video of her playing. And the first person that I thought of is Steve Swanson. For those of you who don't know who Steve Swanson is, you need to go and Google Steve Swanson and some of his stuff because he is truly, truly amazing. And um, I just and I, I wrote you back and I said, you're the female Steve Swanson because... <laughs> And he said, really? He said, oh, I, I did some schools with him. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. So and, and because of this, you know, Susan and I have um, really bonded a beautiful friendship. And we, we talk to each other on a pretty much a daily basis. And so I, I'm so honored to to have you come on the show finally <laughs> so we can kind of yes and we can we can finally talk so so do me a favor just let's go back because god gave you this vision of hope for america and it's a beautiful it's really a beautiful blog but instead of talking about the blog let's talk yeah. about what god showed you yeah yeah so um i when i well just to kind of bring it back a little bit um when I spend time with the Lord, um, 
I, I'm not the one that just like sits there, reads the Bible and prays. Um, I have, I have a tendency to, um, to a bunny trail a lot. <laughs> I get distracted so easily. So one thing I learned years ago, I'd say probably, um, early 2000s, um, was to journal as I spend time with God. And, um, from that, it's, it's been an outlet and a source for me to be able to, um, just to allow my, my own mind and my own, um, you know, thinking to, to be focused on him and not to be distracted easily. Um, so it's something I've done for a long time. Um, but in the process of that, um, I quickly learned, um, that when I, when I learned, I learned to step into his presence and, and, you know, it says we are seated in heaven and places with Christ. And when we are, we have the ability to be here on earth, but also in heaven. So one of the things that I often do is I will spend time with the Father. I'll spend time with Jesus in heaven. Um, but in the process of this, there's been times where I go to do this and I take his hand and he takes me somewhere else um, to reveal something. And um, this was one of those moments where I, I'm trying to remember if I was in heaven first. I might have been. But he um, sometimes he will hand me a scroll or he will just take me someplace. Um, and in this instant, he took me to the steps of our nation's capital. And when I was there, um, I, you know, it was like a busy, like it, it reminded me of like a morning um, when people are busy walking up and down these capital steps and, and there's, there's people everywhere and, and it's, it's loud, it's, it's um, crowded and there's people all over the place. And, but yet my focus was, my attention was drawn to this young girl and she was sitting on the steps and, you know, she was beautiful. Um, and I, I saw her and there was something about her that I knew that she wasn't of this world, <laughs> that, that she was, she, um, there was something different about her. And I went up to her and I asked her who she was. And, um, I realized it, she was, she was hope and she was an angel that God had sent to bring hope to America. When I, when I asked her, who she was. This is what she revealed. And, um, you know, she, she had dust all around her, but yet it didn't touch her. Um, you could tell she had been sitting there for a long time. Um, but like people were walking past her, walking over her, but you know, she wasn't, obviously she wasn't hurt. She wasn't damaged. It was just, she had been sitting there for a long time. And, um, God, like I, I knew that why I was there was to bring her in, to to invite her into our capital. And she was waiting for someone to step up and do this. And um, so I, I took her in. Um, and what I really, God was started to reveal was there was places in our government, but also in our world where it, it seems hopeless, where things seem like there is nothing. Um, all we see is, the struggles we see, the the things that um, seem bad, and and that um, God has hope that is waiting for us. Um, so I brought her into um, the media room where 
like all the media was. And, and there was, there was um, when I was in there, um, oftentimes I will see things that aren't of just this earthly realm, but I will see things that are in the spirit as well. Because I was, I was in a, you know, an encounter. I wasn't, I wasn't there physically. I was there in the spirit, and I could see these words coming out. And I've seen this before, where it's like the words that the media wants to betray, the words that people want to betray. They they are like they are like physical words coming out of people, coming out of nations, coming out of areas that um, they they portray truth, portray truth, but. Um, oftentimes what happens is deception comes and deception comes like a darkness that it, it envelops those words and it twists them and it, 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 it brings, um, it twists the truth and changes it. Um, and this is what I was seeing in this media room, lots of words that were coming out, but they were, they were twisted. They weren't right. There were things that were, were not truth. Um, and, and there was a lot of sadness and heaviness in the room and, and as she went in, it was like, I, I think I remember, like, we touched the floor. And it was like all the darkness in the room fleed. And, and everything that was being twisted could no longer be twisted. Um, and, like, so we, we went to different areas. And I really felt like it was very parabolic of, of what the areas in our, in our nation um, that where there has been hopelessness. Um, and there has been a sense of, um, oh, it, it's all bad. Um, but God is waiting for us to come into these different areas and to bring life, to bring restoration. Um, another area that we went was into the Capitol, where, or not into the Capitol, into the White House, where um, we went into the Oval Office and we saw... Um, we saw our president and he, he was standing there, he was sitting at his desk and he was praying. Um, but his, the words that were coming from him, there was a lot of, um, you know, there was a lot of, of sadness um, and, and concern, but his, his prayers were not just for, um, for us and, and our, his family and, and for, for this nation, but they were there were even prayers for his enemies that I saw coming out of him, that the people that were against him, he was praying. But you, I could sense the hopelessness in his words, and and I really felt compelled to go to him and and to to like bring hope to him as well. And so I saw us like she she put her hand on him, and we were speaking life over him. And as we did this, I saw his words change and I saw hope come to him and I saw tears coming from his eyes, but it was like his, his prayers went from sadness and, and hopelessness to, to um, like, there was, it was like God was bringing downloads of, of things that he could speak into and, and bring life to. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was, I mean, that was a quick um, synopsis of, of what it was, about but um yeah well he definitely what what i i read this and when i read it i could seriously see that the fact that hope was a child because it had it's new this is a new thing that that Mm -hmm. this hope is is just been born so it's still a Mm -hmm. child it's still in its infancy that that we haven't gotten so that it hasn't matured yet 
Yeah. Because they mm. haven't seen the hope. So it's still mm-hmm. an, it's still a child. But there's yeah. but there's an innocence in it and there's a purity in it and there's mm-hmm. there's so much that you can really see through through God's eyes that you yeah. you just it takes you a step back because yeah. when you when you read what when when you were able to read it and I'll definitely post it so that if you guys haven't had a chance to read it you guys can listen yeah. to it I mean read it but what you really sense was God's heart for mm-hmm. hope for America yeah and there have yeah. been so many passages in the Bible my hope for you with this mm-hmm. great hope, there's so many yeah. things about hope, yeah. but yet there, we're so quick. That's one of the things that we lose the fastest yeah. is our hope. Yeah. There's such a hopelessness. I was just in Nashville and the Lord said mm-hmm. to me, he says, you are here to bring hope back to those who are hopeless and who are yeah. about to abandon their destinies, their dreams and yeah. destinies. Yeah. And I thought to myself, gosh, mm-hmm. you know, that's such a beautiful word. And I forgot about what you wrote. I forgot yeah. it. But, yeah. But, yeah. but see, oh my gosh, I'm even hearing that song, Let Hope Arise. There's a, <laughs> yes. by Jesus, uh, no, by, Beth, by Bethel, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Well, and, and I, um, the one thing that really stood out was um, this scripture, which is, Romans fifteen thirteen, may the God of hope mm. fill you with all joy and peace and faith so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and there is a song that came along with it, which um, it's Lindy uh, Conant, if I cannot pronounce her name correctly, but um, she, um, she wrote this song and it's Take courage, my child. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. Um, um, I'm sorry. I, I forgot the name of the song. Um, oh, this is actually what the word wrote. I forgot. <laughs> but um, oh, take courage. The harvest is ripe. Ripe. Lift up your hands, um, and and let hope arise. Mm. It, it was something like that. But it was just this really strong mm. message of hope. Um, that, you know, us as a nation, we need to rise up. And, and I, uh, this is what God has been speaking to me um, in the last six months. So much is about our destiny. Mm. Um, you know, I recently wrote this passion play, and this passion play was written based on my own story. Um, and, you know, just a quick synopsis, which is, that I came from a, a broken home. My mom was an alcoholic. She was addicted to painkillers. She was in, chron- in chronic pain all of her life. And, and I, you know, there was a lot of brokenness, but there was also a lot of love in our home. But I was desperate because things seemed hopeless. And I remember even as a 10-year-old just thinking, God, what is the point to this life? I, I felt tormented at night. I was tormented. There was so much that was going on, and and it affected me in so many different ways. Um, and I was desperate. Um, and you know, God brought me to this place where these people—they loved me not for how I acted, not for the way I looked, but because of the love of God that was in them. And they saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And I wanted what they had, 
there's something about them. And I, uh, through that um, season, it was a passion play, I encountered Jesus, and I encountered His love, and it, it changed me. And it, like, I physically had a change in my life where I went from looking, like, very depressed. I was, my skin was broken out. I was just a mess to my skin clearing up. My eyes literally physically changed. People were like, there's something different about you. And it was the hope that he put in me that, that changed everything. Um, and, you know, when I wrote this passion play, um, it was about that same hope. And I, I, the character that I wrote about, she, she struggled with depression. She struggled with, with thoughts that would come at her constantly that, that made her feel like she was worthless. And, and she was desperate for God. And in, in the play, um, God sends an angel named Hope. <laughs> and, it's, and it's funny because, like, after I wrote this, then I had this encounter. And this was a different, this was a real angel. <laughs> but it's, it's funny because the, the story um, really, I, I feel like it reflects even our nation. It reflects um, the church. It reflects this world. There are so many people that feel like they're worthless. They feel like um, their situations make things impossible. But, um, you know, even, you know, there's, there's days where there's things at home that just feel rough. They feel like, oh, am I ever going to get past this? But when we look beyond that and we see the destiny, we see the plan that God has for us, as, as his children, the love he has for us, it changes us in such a powerful way. Um, and when we can, we can focus on who he's created us to be um, and the plans he has for us, it changes everything. Um, it, it changes our view. Um, and, you know, I, I see this even as a nation. We get so caught up in our struggles. We get so caught up in the issues that we don't see the destiny, the hope that that lives inside of us, <laughs> that lives inside of our nation, waiting to be awoken and to be to be set to go. And yeah, I'm sorry, I'm I'm going on a tangent. No, that no, hope. that's okay. Yeah, hope is just like you said. She's young because she hasn't. Um, we haven't we haven't brought it out of our nation and she's waiting for us to come and say, come, we, we need to, to go to this place. We need to go to that place and bring hope to that nation, to, to this area in our, in our own nations and in our families and in our, our economy, um, in our media, in our medical system and in our health system. Um, you know, there's so much going on where, where there's deception, there's there's issues, there's problems, and people feel like, what's the point in fighting this? Or or they just don't even want to look at it because it's so overwhelming. But if we can look at it through the eyes of hope, it, it changes our viewpoint, and you know we can see the purpose God has for us. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And it says, you know, yeah. in, in Proverbs thirteen twelve, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream yeah. fulfilled is a tree of life. And if you yeah. actually look in the Amplified version, 
it, it yeah. even in the amplified they don't change it in the amplified version of the bible they always change it they elaborate they give more to it but even mm-hmm. even in the amplified ver- version of it you know there there's no change because that really <laughs> that statement stands by itself it doesn't need anything yeah. else so if yeah. you really yeah. if you think about it when yeah. what i see especially somebody who's sick when they lose yeah. their hope they go down quick that's yeah. it game over yeah as soon as they yeah. lost their hope that's it yeah it makes yeah. them sick but but yeah. now look at but look at the second it's in the same the same like um a sentence or in the same thought if it, it says mm-hmm. but the desire when the desire is fulfilled it is a tree mm-hmm. of life that's yeah. That's what God yeah. wants to do. He wants to plant yeah. a tree of life in our country. Yeah. yeah. He has a dream. He has a desire. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he wants to fulfill it in our country. Yeah. And he wants it yeah. to thrive. See, because a tree yeah. of life, think about the tree mm-hmm. of life in, in the Garden of Eden. Like, yeah. seriously, the tree of life, there was no death. There was no destruction. Yeah. It was yeah. just abundance. It was just yes. abundance. And that's what I, I believe that hope does. That when we seriously have, when we catch that hope, mm-hmm. it's abundance. We can yeah. thrive off of it. We can survive off <laughs> of it. We can go forward with it exactly. and through it. It's, exactly. it's something more than words. It's, it is. It's a life force. Yeah, yeah. Um. And I, you know, I think it's funny, um, seeing hope as a child, um, I think there's something key about that too. Um, I, I had a, something happened yesterday and God really spoke to me through it. Um, which is my daughter, my five-year-old, she was going, she wanted to paint and for Easter we got her these, um, Crayola paints, you know, and there was like, there was probably about six or seven colors in it and she was so excited to use them and I went down to get the paintbrushes and I looked and from last week she had been doing some painting and but we ran out of paint um but she had done this painting on canvas and I looked at her I'm like this is beautiful but it's not quite done so I was like Allie why don't you finish this painting and it was this green field with red, and she used her fingers and made red dots all over the green grass, and it looked like a poppy field. And then she had a blue sky across the top, but there's all this white section. I'm like, she needs to finish this because I want to hang it up, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I brought it to her, I'm like, say that, or uh, not, I'm sorry, I'm like, Ellie, you want to finish this? And, um, and she was like, uh, no, you, you can finish it. So I was like, Okay, I'll finish it. So I just put some blue sky on it. I thought, oh, and then I'll put a tree on it, and then she can add the green leaves to it and all this stuff. And I did this as she was doing something else, and she looked at me, and big tears came to her eyes. And she said, Mommy, you ruined my painting. And just started crying, and I just felt, I felt devastated because I was like, that's not what I meant to do. I just, I wanted to hang it up and she didn't want to, I was like, okay. But I, immediately when she did that, I realized that I had made a big mistake because this was her, this was her painting. And I just, I tried to fix it. 
I tried to fix something that she was doing, even though she had given me permission. I don't think she realized she was doing it, you know, um, but uh, there was something there. And I, I remember like just in my heart realizing there was something creative coming out of her. There was something and it wasn't complete, but it was something that was her. It was uniquely her. And it was, it was beautiful and it was life-giving. But how much even we as a, a nation, we see things that are developing and beginning and we want to try to fix them and change them to our own view. But God is, is growing something bigger than what we understand. And I think even in this current generation that's coming up, there's things that the older generation doesn't understand. Um, there, there's things that they are dreaming about and they're beginning to do that we don't understand because it's it's not us. It's, it's a dream that God's given them to create. Um, but how much we can try to fix fix things, and it's not our job to fix it. It's our job to see what God's doing in this this future generation, because I really believe that this generation that's coming forth, our children and our grandchildren, I, I don't have grandchildren, but, <laughs> but um, you know, our, they are going to have ideas and dreams that are going to change this nation. But it's going to require the ears of our current generation to listen and not be afraid of something that maybe isn't totally complete, but is God. And um, what happened was this morning, um, I had an, another encounter where I was, I was in heaven with Jesus and I was on this field that was this beautiful green field and, and there was people in heaven sitting like they were getting ready for like a, a an outdoor concert, and I sat down, and you could see um, from the field that the throne room of heaven was in front of us, and there was this huge, beautiful sky. It almost kind of reminded me of a sunset, but I, I saw, like, it got quiet, and this huge angel came up. He was a her- her- heralder, and he started to blow his trumpet, and he played this beautiful melody, and on the last note, Everything in heaven grew silent, and it was very quiet and like expectation. And there was this rushing wind, and as the wind blew over, it was like the glory of God just filled the atmosphere, like just this wind of God, you know. And then I saw the Father bring this little girl, and she started to paint pictures in the sky. But as she was painting this picture, I realized, it was my daughter's painting from the night before. And as she was painting it, um, he took it and it was like when she was done painting, it was small. He like, he took it like it was a a sheet and he threw up in the air and it it became huge and it just filled the sky with colors. And the colors were colors that I, they were beyond earth, what we can understand on earth. And I asked, I, I like, I asked Jesus, I was looking at him, and I'm like, what, what, I can't describe these colors. And he showed me that things in in the heavenly realms are multidimensional, and colors are even multidimensional. But when the Father touched her painting, the amazing thing was it came alive. The painting came alive, and these red poppy flowers, 
turned into butterflies. And when they turned into butterflies, the um, they like came to life and they were flying. And my daughter just started to laugh with joy. And that joy, like it filled the entire area. Like it, it, it was like her laughter was like this echo of joy that just saturated everyone that was that was watching this. And other children came out and started doing the same thing. And there was just life going forth. But like as I was in this encounter with God, the, the thing that he revealed to me is, is exactly this, that there, this generation that is coming up, there are, there are dreams and desires and plans that he has put on their heart. And, and we, as, as the older generation, as their parents, as their grandparents, we need to listen and see what is coming forth because there is something mighty that is going to come forth and it's going to change our nation. Hope is going to come in the form of our children. A little child shall lead them. And that, that's what I'm excited about because I'm realizing this in, in my own kids, there is such destiny to change our nation, to change this world in, in ways and, and to even change things and bring life and create with God in the heavenlies. <laughs> so. I well, you know, that's, that's just such a, a great like depiction of what God is going to do because yeah. here you had the vision first of hope as a child and then God was showing you the expansion that he's going to give to the dreams yeah. of children that he's yeah. going to take this these small ideas and turn it into a tapestry of a huge yeah. magnitude that's going to cover the earth yeah yeah exactly. that is and so I mean that's so beautiful because yeah. you know and it's so funny you know we always talk about different scriptures especially like Jeremiah 29:11 and it's mm-hmm. you know before I know the plans I have for you says the Lord they are plans for good and not for disaster to give mm-hmm. you a future and a hope yeah see there's that word yeah. again see hope is yeah. something to come yeah yeah and i think that's yeah. what these visions that god is showing you is that that you are speaking into the generation and this might even be the hope generation. Yeah. Yeah. Because I kind I, of feel I, like the not not to be disrespectful but like some of the teenagers and some of the 20 something year olds that they've lost their hope. Yeah. They they yeah. seem kind of hopeless. I don't, do you agree with that? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I um just even working with the cast that I've been working with in the passion play um, you know, when I when I started um, there, there were a lot of kids that I sensed. You know, I sensed a lot of sadness, and some of them were struggling with with just different areas in their lives. And and their moms would come to me asking for me to pray for them, and and they would come asking for prayer. Um, and you know, the the thing was that yeah, they they the the way. Um, things are ran. It, it's the way our media is right now. The way um, it, it's it's a system, and, and we're supposed to follow the system. But it, like the kids are, their own dreams are being shut down as not being good. Um, but this creativity inside of them is where they are going to learn the most, and where they are going to grow. But they are being told that they need to do it this certain way or they have to follow this plan. And, and if they don't, 
they're not going to make it in this world. If they don't go to this college and get this certain, and please, I'm not knocking the college because I, we need we need to be educated, but I'm just saying, like, even in our education system, there's, there's, um, there's hopelessness, and, oh. and God wants to bring hope. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you really, no, like, seriously, like, you know, there's, there have been so many people who are trying to make change, who are trying to come in and to speak hope. And then some of these colleges, they're shutting it down. They're not letting yeah. people speak. And these people are not here to speak condemnation. They're, they're here to, to encourage. You don't bring yeah. speakers in who are doom and gloom. Sorry. That's not mm-hmm. what colleges pay for. They speak. No. They bring in speakers who are going to inspire, who are going to plant yeah. seeds of, of, um, of hope back into people yeah. but it's this this spirit of of hopelessness and that's what i think it really is yeah. i think it's it really a spirit is. that has covered the eyes of people so that they cannot see what god is doing that's why i mm. think that there are so many young people who take their life because they yeah. do not yeah. see a hope for themselves they they yeah. become hopeless they become uh, disassociated with the world yeah. they start to cocoon and then they think that they're better off dead yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, you know, even something that I've been learning and growing in has been, you know, an emotional healing. And um, one thing I've learned is sometimes there's areas in our lives that the enemy can take captive. Um, you know, whether it be through traumatic situations we've been in or whether it be through generational things or even just the words of our mouth and our, of our family's words. You know what I mean? Like that we, we even speak over our children that, that can shut down the destiny that God has for them. Um, and, you know, we, we want to try to form our kids into what, what is best, what we think is best, but sometimes God's best is beyond our understanding, you know? Um, and some of the things that I've seen just in praying for people is, um, that there are there are children that like there's parts of them that have been held captive by the enemy that there is there is areas in their lives and like I've even seen it like in the form of like um, destiny being held captive and and God wanting us to come and, and to take back what the enemy has stolen um, it, that that we we have the ability, you know, Isaiah 61 says, you know, the spirit of the sovereign God is upon us because he's anointed us to bring good news to the poor, to heal brokenhearted, to bind, bind them up, to restore them. Brokenhearted means fractures. You know, fractures are oftentimes parts of our spirit that are, that are broken apart, and, and those parts can be held in prisons or in... In um, you know, in the spirit, they can be taken from them. But we have the ability, as as sons and daughters of God, to go and to take back what the enemy has taken from people and from our own lives and from our nation. Um, yeah. So it's definitely it's it's what um, the the spirit of hopelessness. It it needs to be removed from the eyes of our our this generation and even our own eyes. Um, yeah. Well, that, and that's the whole thing, you know, when, 
um, just recently there was an NFL player who went to prison for, for killing some people and wound up, he, he hung himself and mm-hmm. written on his forehead, it said John 316, which is, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And so yeah. his only hope, he thought, was to be welcomed into, into the heaven with his father. Mm. That's the only mm. hope he saw for himself. But see, I think yeah. that that is really a lie of the enemy. Because mm. it, if you've dealt, if you've dealt with any type of depression, family depression, which I believe yeah. is, is kind of generational, what, what yeah. ha- starts to happen is yeah. that, that um, hopelessness or that spirit of hopelessness tries to get into the next generation. And so yeah. it'll start to whisper, you know, you're really, you're not going to do that. Yeah. You're not yeah. going to be able to do that. Things aren't going to change. Yeah. Those things are mm. never going to be the same. They're always going to be that way. Wouldn't it be yeah. better if you didn't have to think about that anymore? Mm. I mean, wow. you can hear the whispers. There were so many times that yeah. I, I've heard people on different um, talk shows on Christian TV where they actually heard a voice said, why don't you just drive into that tree? Then you'll be with yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be better? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> really? Because, you yeah. know, the enemy is yeah. afraid. The enemy is afraid that if we understand the hope that God has given us, we are unstoppable. We are unstoppable with hope. It's a life-giving tree. We are unstoppable. That means it's going to continue to grow. It's going to continue to blossom, and it's going to continue to make more trees. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I I know even um, in my own life as a child, um, you know, I— I went through a lot of times where I was, um, I struggled with depression and I struggled with suicidal thoughts. Um, you know, my, my mom was in and out of hospitals um, because of, of suicide and, and struggling with just the depression. And it, it does, it, it passes down from generation to generation. And oftentimes what happens, like for me, one of the big things that God did was um, when I was in my 20s, I had really been struggling with fear and um, it just not being able to overcome some of the struggles that I was dealing with. And I had this encounter with God. It was one of the first times that it was just like I, I went into it and it was like 45 minutes to an hour later before I came out of it um, where I, I was an eight-year-old again in my home, and I was locked. I I came in from the bus, and it was a memory of my mom and dad screaming, and my mom just saying, "I'm I'm tired of this life. I'm tired of everything that's happened." And she was um, like, just she wanted to die. She was, I remember those words. I just want to die. I don't I don't want to be a mother anymore. I don't want to be a wife. Just let me let me go and die. And these words were just so overwhelming to me. Um, as an eight-year-old, that I ran and I hid and I locked my my door to my room. Um, And it was like this vision that I was in, but it was a memory. But then something happened. Um, I saw Jesus walk through the door, and he walked past my parents, and he walked up to my door, and he knocked, and he said, Susan, let me in. I don't want you to be alone anymore. 
And I was almost too scared to get that door open. He's like, please, I, I, you don't, you don't have to be alone. And I finally opened the door and he just rushed in and scooped me up in his arms. And just like, I just remember crying in his arms because, you know, these kids are going through things. They're going through different areas in their lives and they feel hopeless just like I was. And, and they feel alone and they don't realize that they are not alone, that, that there is a heavenly father, that Jesus is longing to be in a relationship with them in a deep way that can change everything. And, you know, in that, in that encounter, he took me out of that place. But when, when he took me out of my home in this memory, I just remember um, it was like the, the fear that had kept me bound in that, in that memory, it was broken from that encounter, that he, he broke off the fear that, and the hopelessness that I had been carrying being hidden in that place. Um, and it brought a lot of healing. But, you know, there's a lot of kids that are going through situations that, they're, that they feel bound by, by hopelessness, by depression, by these struggles. And God wants to set them free. <laughs> he wants them to be whole. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, um, I, I've been, it's funny because for some reason this show has, has a lot more Bible verses than normal. But <laughs> in Hebrews, <laughs> I know, right? So in, in Hebrews um, 6, uh, verses 18 and 19, it says, So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things yeah. are unchangeable because it is impossible yeah. for God to lie. Therefore, mm. we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. Then it yeah. says, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads mm. us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. See, mm. that to me is so important that that yeah. it is an anchor that it is strong yeah. that it is trustworthy that we can trust yeah. that that yeah. we can trust that god if he says it he does not lie and if he yeah. says something he's going to bring us through it and so yeah. you know we we take some of these verses you know it's uh, there's um the one verse that says now god who has begun a good uh, who has begun yeah. a good work and you will see it to completion well, there are yeah. so many people who don't get completed because yes. they've given mm -hmm. up their hope. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and really, they've given up their dreams. Yes. They've given up their dreams. And, you know, I, I think so much as a church, we, we put God in a box. We put our dreams in a box. Yep. Of this is how it should look. And, and you know what? A lot of this generation, they're sick of it. They're sick of the box. Of, of Christianity as as it's known in America, and they don't want it, it or it, they they're in it, but they're they want out of it, you know. And and I'm not saying every church is bad because there's a lot of amazing places, but I'm just saying that that the what what has been like this is the standard. Um, it, it's changed. Um, it, it's people have lost their dreams 
And, you know, I, I really believe that even those that are not believers, um, even those that don't know the Lord personally, they dream. And these dreams, I truly believe God inspires them. God inspires us whether we, we have a relationship with Him or not. And, um, you know, I believe the more we follow these and pursue them, they will encounter God if they choose to, you know? Um, and, and I just, like, so much of we have this, we have to do it a certain way. But if we would just allow God to use our children's dreams, that from it is going to come something mighty, and that people will no longer walk in hopelessness, but they will walk in the hope of who, who He is and who He's created us to be as His children. Um, and, you know, another area has been, you know, this, um, that for us to learn to hear His voice, to learn, to see, not just of this world, but what's going on in the heavenlies, to, to, to learn to hear what he's doing, to see what he's doing, to go where he wants us to go, um, that there is something so much bigger than just what this world holds. And the more we begin to train up this generation to hear God's voice, um, and to dream with him and to create with him, I think it, it's going to bring a powerful move in in our nation. Um, and you know, uh, one of the things that I experienced, and um, I didn't understand this, but um, in one of my encounters with the father was, I, I've always been into music. I've always been into art, um, and and theater, you know, but I always, like, I avoided writing. <laughs> Even though I journaled, I avoided, like, I, I hated doing reports in high school. I hated reports in, in elementary school. But um, when I was spending time with the Father in heaven, um, he gave me this pen. And he said, Susan, this pen is something to create with me. To, to begin to create, um, and we have the ability with our words and our dreams to create things with God. Um, and the more we have a deep relationship with Him, a relationship of intimacy, knowing Him personally, and and being known by Him, and, and knowing Him, and being spending time with Him. Um, the the more we can begin to create things with God, not just not just in the heavens, but but on the earth as well. That he will begin to give us dreams that will um, will create income, will create economy, that will create life, that will create new health. And you know, even one of the things that I recently saw was um, I had a dream about uh, DNA and and about life. Um, that you know we've we have such a mindset of this is what life should look like and um, that he is creating us to have new life, to have a long and healthy life and um, that there is things he is revealing to this generation that that when we are in union with God, when we are, are in 
in a relationship where we allow him to be a part of our lives and, and really in his presence. And, um, you know, it, it says that, you know, I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. So like when we step into him and allow him to step into our every area of our life, it's like the DNA of God. It, it's his, out of all all of the earth, we are created in his image and after his likeness. And he's a creator. So we have the ability to create life, even in our own bodies, that we can be full of life. We can we can live a long life and prosper and be in good health. And I mean, I'm still learning that. And so, but I believe this generation is going to begin, we're living longer. There's going to be a longer life for them. Um, yeah. And, you know, the the whole thing about dreams, you know, because you started to yeah. talk about the whole dreaming thing, you know, and yeah. we say that, th- that these children have these dreams, but I, I kind of feel like people need to kind of, you know, start digging back those dreams that God placed inside of you as a child. What were those yeah. dreams that God placed inside of you? What were the things that he called you? What were the things that you felt you were going to do? There were so many people who were like, oh, I want to be a teacher. That's That was their passion. They used to play be, being a teacher. But then when, yeah. when they went through school and they had a bad experience with a teacher or, the, or a teacher told them that they weren't smart, they said, oh, I can't be a teacher. I'm not good. So then they, they they took that dream and they threw it away. They they yeah. they just discarded. They discarded it, and yeah. that's what I kind of feel is that some of these discarded things God is bringing back up. I mean, He definitely did that with me. He um, when I when I went to uh, Voice of the Prophet back in 2013, um, Jamie Galloway was speaking, and he was. Um, gosh, he was so great. He was talking about angels. And I was like, Lord, mm-hmm. I go, Lord, I want Jamie Galloway to, to pray over me. I want Jamie Galloway yeah. to pray over me so I can see angels. That was my heart. <laughs> I was like, I just want to see angels. I didn't care. And so I just prayed and prayed and prayed. And my friend, she said to me, she goes, you know, I said, I asked for the Lord. I asked the Lord to, to have Jamie Galloway pray over me. And, um, and she goes, good, do it, Lord, and bring me. And her name happened to be Lisa as well. And so, so I, and then she, then she was saying to me, you know, Lisa, you really shouldn't be chasing after men. And I, and I stopped, you shouldn't be chasing after men, you know, and she didn't mean it in a sexual, she, but she was talking about it that, um, don't, don't be chasing after, chasing just, after just ch- chasing yeah. after godly men because of their anointing, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. but she, cause she's like, you know, don't, you shouldn't be doing that. You should be chasing after God. And, and so, so, uh, she, she kind of started to, to say I was a spiritual stalker, which I wore very proudly. Thank you very much. And um, <laughs> to this day, to this day. But, um, but I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I go, you know, I, I said, I don't want to be a spiritual stalker. I said, Lord, I don't, I'm not chasing after man. I'm chasing after men who have been in, in with you, who've had experiences mm. with you because yeah. through them, I get to know you better. I get to see yeah. a side of you that I've never seen before or experienced before just by sitting and listening to somebody speak. Yeah. And yeah. so, so Jamie Galloway was speaking and he mm. um, he stopped and he put his head down. He shook his head and he goes, guys, he said, the Holy Spirit won't let this go. I need to pray over Elisa. He goes, actually, mm-hmm. Lisa's. So I grabbed my friend. We ran up to the front <laughs> and two other Lisa's. There, and there were 2,500 people and there were only yeah. four Lisa's. That's it. Wow. And so he prayed wow. and prophesied over these other two. And when he got to me, 
he said to me, and I'll still, I still want to cry. He said, yeah. he said, Lisa, he goes, something you have put down, God is picking back up. And there was only one thing, season that I ever put down. And that was to be on TV, to be famous. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. That was the only thing mm -hmm. that I walked yeah. away from yeah. because I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be on TV. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, all of a sudden, the Lord started to to pull this back out of out of some place that I discarded because I didn't yeah. think I was good enough because I didn't think that I was pretty enough or or talented enough. And yeah. and He pulled this out and He gave me a hope to do mm -hmm. this. And, he's, yeah. and he said, if you open your mouth, that's what it says in the word, I will fill them. Mm. I will fill mm. them. So I had a hope that I would know what to speak. Yeah. And he said, and when yeah. people see you, they will see me. So I had mm. a hope that my vision was going to be pleasing mm. to people. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and, and there was going to be an experience because of the Holy Spirit that, that goes with me, that they were going to mm. feel something. That there was going to yeah. be a transformation. See, God mm. takes these things and he blows his breath back on them. And he goes, yeah. hope. Mm -hmm. Hope mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. Dream again. Yeah. Stop giving oh, wow. up. Stop just yeah. throwing in the towel. And the Lord said yeah. to me, because I, I have to go back to the spiritual stalker thing because he's like, don't leave it there. And so, <laughs> so I said to the Lord, Lord, because I was really upset about the whole spiritual stalker thing. Um, because I because I was stalking spiritual people, so that's why I was called mm. the spiritual stalker. And I said, Lord, oh. that's such a derogatory word. I don't like that. Yeah. And the Lord said to me, He goes, yeah. Lisa. He goes, You're Elisha. He mm. goes, You're running after the double portion. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And when I heard wow. that, I said, Okay, okay, yeah. because that's what Elisha did. Yeah. He stayed with Elijah. Because he yeah. knew that when Elijah was taken up, he was getting everything that Elijah had and then some. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think that's the key. Like, you know, no, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be running after every greatest prophet or, you know, um, but, but God highlights people in our lives and, and it's not going to be every single one, but there's going to be people that are going to, we're going to hear or even get to know that are going to influence our lives. I mean, for me, um, I remember back in early 2000s with Jason Upton. Um, I I heard his worship, and he was one of the first person people I ever heard prophetic worship from, and it did something in me. And I remember saying, "God, I want to worship like that." Because I, you know, I, I grew up listening, well, I shouldn't say grew up, I, my teenager years, I listened to Brownsville, and, and I learned to worship by just spending hours in my dad's studio. I had a baby grand piano, and um, I, it was probably for about a full year, um, I had just gotten out of a, a situation um, that was pretty sad, and, and it was before I met my husband. And I just spent a really long period of time where I just would go in there and worship. And I learned to worship, um, and uh, like I played classically, but I learned to worship through listening to these songs and learning to play along with them and learning by ear to, to like with chords and stuff like that. But there was something, I was like, there's something missing. I just want to worship you freely. And I these songs started to come up in me, but I didn't know how to do it until 
um, you know, I listened to Jason Upton and he would just sing in this band. I'm like, wow, I want that. And I remember um, he came to my church life center and I, in, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and I went and um, I remember asking him if he would pray for me because um, years ago I was probably 15, 16 years old. I had someone prophesy over me that I would... I would bring other people into God's presence. And I was like, wow, you know, but I didn't understand the extent of that word. Um, but I was like, I want, I want to worship that way. And, you know, I, I never met him personally, but I remember him praying over me. And I, I went to listen to him several times, but um, what it took was people that, you know, people like that inspire you. They inspire you to want to grow in your relationship with God. Um, and, and like you said, like Elisha, to go deeper, to, to, um, like, to say, wow, that's awesome, but what if we do this, <laughs> you know? And, and that's what I saw, like, even when I was doing this passion play, I worked with a lot of youth and young adults, and my choreographer um, she, she's just a young, young twenties girl, but, um, she just like, I shared my vision for the passion play and she's like, Susan, what if you do this song? And she's like, we could do this choreography. And, and, and I was like, wow, I didn't even think about that. That is so awesome. And then I had some other young, um, young adults come, um, this one kid, he, he's amazing. He's, he does, um, he raps. But he's a spirit-filled Christian, and just, like, he did a um, an invitation, and it, it was like, um, I forget what they call it, like a word, it's not a word in rhyme, but it, it's like a spoken word. Um, but it, it's very poetic, but very powerful, and, like, it just, it took things to another level that I, I wouldn't have been able to do on my own. But, you know, it's like when we put ourselves around people that we want to learn from, we grow. And then when we allow ourselves as leaders to be around those that are younger and learn from them, we grow even more. And, and they grow, you know. It's, it's exciting on both ends of that to, to do that. But I, I know even growing up, um, one of the pastors that really influenced me was a guy named Steve um, and he was a prayer pastor and I came in um, to we had Friday night uh, prayer and and he I came in and I'd, I'd sing sometimes or I'd play along with whoever was doing worship and he's like Susan would you do a, a two-hour session and I'm like I can't leave for two hours he's like yes you can and I was like, okay. And he's like, but I don't want you to play songs. I want you to play what you hear in heaven. I'm like, what? <laughs> but he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And he pulled it out of me because he believed in me. And, you know, I, I look at that story like Elijah and Elisha, and I realize when we have someone that has a, a mantle, that that has a... A calling on their lives, and we bring another generation in, not to tell them to be like us, but to tell them this is in you, to see the destiny in them and bring it out in them, it changes.
changes everything. And I, I am so thankful for his influence in my life because for four years, I, I every Friday night from midnight to 2 a.m., I it was like a family. Well, it was from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. every Friday night. We went and we just worshipped and prayed. Um, and it was just this amazing season that I grew um, in the prophetic and learned truly who who God was, not not from the eyes of man, not from the eyes of religion or fear or anger, but a loving God who wanted a relationship, that, that wanted me to hear his voice, wanted me to encounter him. And, you know, I grew so much in that environment. And I think the more we can, we can find places where there's people like Jamie Galloway, where, that there's, we grow from that. Absolutely. And, you yeah. know, the, the thing that was so cool that you mentioned was that, well, there's a couple of things. The, the fact that you were talking about the vision, the dream that God put inside you, and you had people who caught it, who started yeah. to feed into it. See, that's that tree. That's that yeah. life-giving tree. You had a hope for yeah. something. And as it started to, <laughs> as you started to see the desires starting to grow, yeah. they started to feed the tree and the tree just got more branches. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I yeah. thought that, gosh, you know, because sometimes we have a vision and I believe that God gives us all vision, like for what mm. he wants us to do. But then every now and then he sends somebody so amazing who can catch mm-hmm. the vision and start yes. to expand on the vision because yeah. there might be limitations of our thinking and our experiences that we couldn't mm. see it that way but they no. could and it's <laughs> yeah. still your vision it's still your yeah. dream because you could always say no but yeah. it's like even like with with the the conference like mm-hmm. god showed me what to do he told me mm-hmm. these were the things but he didn't tell me who was going to be in it he didn't say who was going to do the worship. He didn't say who was going to be. He didn't do that. But as I started to share, as I asked the Lord, who should I have? Who should I contact? And as I contacted the people mm-hmm. and I shared the vision and they caught it, it was expanded. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, expanded yeah. because then God yeah. was able to feed them exactly what they needed. So your worship with um, Margie's, what, what Margie was able to bring, oh, with what yeah. yeah, what Kelly was able to bring, but even yeah. even the, the women who came, what they brought, oh what they yeah. brought. I mean, they brought yeah. hope, they brought excitement, yeah. they brought anticipation and expectation. See, yeah. they brought Ooh. that stuff, and that's why it was so yeah. powerful because well, it and was those filled. People there that didn't even speak and get. They brought something yes. that changed the atmosphere. I mean, I, I'm going to call it Jenny Wilcox. Yes. My goodness, that lady. She didn't get up there and speak, but she brought something. Oh, my gosh. That, oh, my Was so goodness. needed. Was so yes. needed. Was so needed. Yeah. Yes. And, and Amy. And Amy Martin. Amy yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And, and they they just, they came. Yes. And they didn't, they, but they they came because they, they weren't. Wanting to be out in the limelight, but right. God used them powerfully. But look um, at look at Lori, yeah. Lori Suter. Um, Lori look at Lila Suter. Shaw. I mean, you can yeah. look at Melissa. You know, yeah. Melissa Hope or yeah. Melissa Westerfield, however you want to say it. Oh you know, God. then there was then yeah. there was Mama Karen. 
there was yeah. there was um kk there all these mm-hmm. women and jen mm-hmm. all these women yeah. and even the the yeah. worship team that you brought with you krista and renee yes. i i am so thankful for them and you know um, just like Ginny, I felt like Ginny was your armor bearer. She yes, she was. to support you. Yes. Um, Renee was mm-hmm. that for me. Mm-hmm. My friend Renee Parsons, as she came in and, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm very flighty sometimes <sighs> and I have a tendency to bunny trail and go yes, all over the place. Yes. But even in preparation, mm-hmm. like, all right, Susan, I'm going to be your assistant. Right. <laughs> so I'm going to keep you on track, you know. But I needed that. I really needed that. And she just, it was it, it was never in a demeaning way. It was always just like to help me to focus and and to um, the, the moments where I forgot my wallet. She's like, don't worry, I, I got it. Right. And I mean, I had Mitzi Hanna, who was running the front um, desk, oh, who was helping yeah. people register. Yeah. I mean, oh. these were women who God sent that were they, that helped that they might have oh. been behind the scenes. But if they weren't yeah. there, the, there would have been no scene. Exactly. It was they. they- came together yes. and, and God knew exactly who you needed. Exactly. And, you know, I think what I loved was the factor that you didn't even have to ask for help. Nope. They came they and came did it. And they did it. And they, they flew. Came. They flew from other yes. from other cities and, yes. and states. They flew. Yes. They flew in. <laughs> it was that, amazing. Isn't it amazing. Yeah. yeah. God brings exactly who we need. And, and he puts us with people that we need to be with and you know I, I just even talking about the whole you know who we need um and people that influence us um one other thing like with like with Amy and um Jenny and and um sorry my, my kids are watching it <laughs> um Amy and Jenny and um like Dave yes. Dave or I'm sorry yes. um you know I um I had been praying, God, I need, I need people that are going to be able to support me in this walk because I don't know, um, I don't know how to to do this journey. Um, and, and I knew that the things that God had been putting in me, like I needed to bring them out. But in my own community, some of the things that I've been seeing in the spirit were not were not spoken. It, like some of the things that were happening. I, in my own community, I was uncomfortable talking about it, and but I I heard God say you need to share this, so I did. And when I shared it, when I started to share it, um, what happened was um, when I began to share, these people came around me and encouraged me and supported me, and I so I had been praying for that, and and they. I didn't see myself as a writer. I didn't see myself as someone that was going to to post blogs um, and, and and to to share what I had been seeing in the spirit. But I had felt God saying it's time to share. So I began to share, and when I did, He sent people to do that. And um, you know, it, it's like we need those people in our lives, and He sends us exactly who we need when we need it, and it, it's. You know, I I so appreciate like Dave Hayes and, and my friend Michael Basham who who've encouraged me and 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 Amy. You know, in my writing, they 
they're real. When I when I someone to say, uh, Susan, you need to use Grammarly more. Mm. <laughs> or or when I'm feeling like I'm ready to give up on writing something and they're like, you know what? Just put it in God's hands and trust him. And I do. And then God gives me exactly what I need to keep going through with mm. it. You know, it, it's sometimes we need people like that in our lives. And just like that is with the conference. He, he gave you exactly who you needed to get through this and, and to see God do it. And I know there were, there were moments where it was like, that's going to happen. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. Because it, it, it's scary when you start to see yeah. things and you start to understand things. You're like, Lord, this is so much bigger than me. It's so yeah. much bigger than me. But the Lord is like, listen, if I've put this desire in your heart, I'm going to see it to fruition. All you have to do is hold my hand and just mm-hmm. agree with me that this is going to happen. Yeah. That's all it yeah. takes. You know, that yeah. we, we hope we hope yeah. that what we have heard, that, that God is going to bring it to pass. We yeah. hope that he is faithful. We hope, yeah. and I don't mean it that we, oh, I hope he's faithful. No, we know that he's faithful. But in our hope, he is faithful. In mm. our hope, he will mm-hmm. do what he says. In our hope, he will complete what he has started. Yeah. In yeah. our yeah. hope. He is good. Yeah, yeah. And so what he is going to bring to America, and this is is what I saw back in in 2015 when the Lord said to me, Donald Trump is going to be your next president. I thought, goodness gracious, okay, let me... Let me just kind of, I wanted to sit on it, but I couldn't. I, I came right out of my bedroom and this was in August. And I said to my husband, I said, Rob, I know who our next president's going to be. And he said, who? I said, Donald Trump, and he laughed at me. Uh-huh. And I just looked at him. And I said, no, God uh-huh. told me. And he said, yeah. Lisa, he's not going to make the primaries. Lisa, he's not going to get the Republican <laughs> coming. You know, Lisa. You know, and he said all these things. And I just looked at him because God put a hope in there. Mm-hmm. He put mm-hmm. a hope because there was nothing. I didn't care what the polls said. I didn't care what the news said. I didn't care what the paper said. I didn't care. I heard what mm-hmm. God said. And I knew yeah. that that was his, his choice. And I think yeah. that like what you wrote, because you did happen to mention him in that, in that beautiful yeah. blog that you yeah. wrote, that he prays. And, and what's so beautiful is because he is a man of hope. And he says, yeah. he said, his hope is to make America great again. Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. his hope. And, yeah. and so what we have to do is we have to recognize this hope mm-hmm. that has been sent, mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. have to start to, to agree with this hope that you yeah. were shown. And we, start, yeah. we need to start to proclaim this hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and, you know, we need to put ourselves around people that are going to seek hope. And if we're not, we need, we need to reevaluate who we're around. You know what I mean? And I know there's times we can't always be around people that are going to speak hope, um, but that doesn't mean we can't we can't make an effort to be like. There's going to be people around us. We have family that that may be in that, but we can be a voice of hope to the people around us, and um, we can also 
put ourselves in an environment where hope is, we can live in hope. We can live in a place where we're full of hope. Um, our environment can, just like, you know, it said, we can walk in, in perfect peace. I believe that that's part of that is, is hope, you know, that we can have um, our, our, our focus can be on the goodness of God that is going to come forth rather than the things that suck, <laughs> the things that are bad. Um, we, can, we can focus on what is good that he is doing, um, you know, and, and, and live out of that, live out of that destiny, that what, what we look forward to, you know, rather than the, the bad stuff. And, and you know what, I, I realize that, yeah, we're going to go through problems, but when we go through problems, when we go through struggles as a nation, you know, with, with the things that are going on in this world, Rather than looking at it from all the issues and the problems, we need to say, God, would you give me hope for this situation? Would you reveal your goodness about this issue? And then from that is where we can pray. Rather than praying into, you know, the, the issues, the problems, let, let hope arise in every situation so that we can begin to see is goodness coming through those areas um, that we're struggling. And, you know, we, we all have areas. And I think, you know, I, I look at, um, you know, I, I look at different people's destinies, different, different areas, and, and the areas that we oftentimes struggle the most in is the areas that God has called us to be the most influential. You know, I... And, and when we are struggling, we need to say, okay, God, reveal why this is a struggle, and then show us, give us your vision, give us what you see about this. Um, and, you know, just like with, with hope coming to, to our president, he's going, it's going to change our vision, it's going to change the view of what's happening. Amen. Amen. Yes. <laughs> so if you guys, thank you, Susan, so much for coming. Um, if you guys are interested in reading um, Susan's amazing yeah. blogs, she is Mystic Mama Sue. And it's at, so it's Mystic Mama Sue dot Mama WordPress. Oh, no, that's not what it said. Mystic Mama oh, Sue. Oh. Okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's mysticmamasue.wordpress.com. So you guys mm -hmm. can actually go and check her out and you can read. It's called Hope for, I think it's called Hope for America, I believe is what it was called. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. It's mysticmamasue.wordpress. Oh, is it susu? <laughs> oh, yeah, susu.wordpress.com. Yeah, yeah, but I will definitely. Yes, and it's called Hope is Waiting. So, and we will we'll definitely put that link so that people can read it. But Sue, thank you yeah. so much for for coming on the show. Thank you for for always being so so um, so real and just allowing God to use you so mightily through oh, through your thank writing. You, Thank you so I much. I love you. I love you too. You. <laughs> well, I hope that you guys have been blessed. I hope that you've gotten, I, I see here comes the hope. I hope that your hope is stirred up and I, I hope that you start to ask God to reveal those things that you have put down so that he can pick them back up because he has mm. a hope in store for you. So thank you guys for listening. Just remember to go out and touch someone.
Good night.